Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Well, I think there's nothing more important to your health if you're a smoker than stopping smoking. I mean, literally, no matter what you do, it will not have as big an impact on your overall health and, frankly, your life expectancy than stopping smoking. Fume is the number one natural way to quit smoking. Fume takes the benefits of super plants, behavioral science, and beautiful design and help you quit smoking and makes it a bit easier, too. Hand-to-mouth replacement, plant-packed course, studied to curb cravings, and no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, no harmful chemicals, and it's designed in a way that you can you can be be proud of it. It's wooden, handcrafted, flavors that taste great and work to curb those cravings, ease the stress of stopping, and of course, if you do stop, improve your lung function. Head to breathe fume b r e a t h e f u m dot com slash drew. Use our code drew to save ten percent on your order today. Quit naturally with Fume again at breathefume.com, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash Drew. One Fume, four packs of cores, studied to curb cravings and get you on the path to being tobacco three. Breathefume.com slash Drew. Well, here we are on lockdown. How are you? It's Booker of the Perez Hilton podcast with Chris Booker. We get it. We know you're bored. We're still doing shows. We're keeping you up to date with everything entertainment. A little bit of relief from everything that's going on in the world. You could get the show on Spotify. You could get it on your Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app. Whatever you do, download and subscribe and get the PHP, the Perez Hilton podcast with Chris Booker. And everything that's entertainment will be covered. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, do check out all the other stuff we got at drdrew.com, the streaming shows and whatnot. Support those that support us so we can keep the wind in the sails of the Corolla Pirate Ship. We do appreciate it so, so, so much. And uh, don't forget the uh, Instagram at Dr. Drew Pinsky, D-R-D-R-E-W-P-I-N-S-K-Y. And uh, doing TikTok and I'll do live Instagrams and uh, show up various places. We also do a streaming show on most days. You can get that at drdrew.tv, also at drdrew.com. So uh, we love the Corolla enter the Corolla world showing up over there. We appreciate you guys. Speaking of the world, this is a really uh, privileged interview I got to do today. Uh, formerly Meta World Peace, you know him previously as Ron Artest, now Meta Sandiford Artest. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely, thanks for having me. It, it is it's an honor to be here. It is a privilege. He has a new podcast called with, with a brilliant name. It's called Metaphorically Speaking, which I love. Just launched on Podcast One. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, also, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Meta with two T's, World Peace 37. 37, just because that was the last one was available. Other people got there before you? No, because. Um, well, funny. your number. That was your that was yeah, my that's number. Right. Yeah. Okay, fair that enough. My number. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I have a. I have a, a image in my head in, of your career that I suppose a lot of people have, but I'll never forget it. And I can't even tell you which championship game it was, but that that one shot that won the game where you were just like, got it. Like you know what I'm talking about, exactly, right? Yeah. When, when was that? What was that? That was 2010. Um, it was about a minute and 30 seconds left. Yeah, I just never forget that. It was, yeah. one, of the, it was one of the coolest things I ever saw. And, 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 but 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 for a hundred reasons, it, it spoke about you as a person. Yeah. It spoke about you as an athlete. It's It spoke about, you know, the kind of uh, – I don't know if grit is even the right word. <laughs> the, yeah. the ability to come through in extraordinary mm-hmm. circumstances, and then the lack of it, the fact that you didn't celebrate excessively. It was just like, oh, yeah, thank you, God. It's sort of what it seemed. Like to me. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, you know what it was? It was a it was a focus. It was like a continued focus because, like you said, you know, coming out on the other side, right? So my career was kind of up and down. Yeah, I was always an elite player, but you know, being an elite player, that's just one part of it. The other part is the professionalism, right? That's just, that's the other big part of it. So with that being said, when you look at, when you fast forward to 2010, when I made that shot, you know, it was a lot of um, focus, a lot of meditation, a lot of uh, don't don't be satisfied, don't get too overexcited and, you know, and, and continue the, you know, the journey and the process, you know? So I didn't want to cel- celebrate too much. I actually want to just cont- relax, 
finish, you know, see that zero zeros on the clock, and then I did a big celebration. Then celebrate. <laughs> it, it, t- talk to us, if you don't mind, more about your transformation because that, that you know, there's the documentary now that's out, right? Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Oh, it was um, um, Untold um, Malice in the Palace. Yeah, <laughs> Malice in the Palace. And, and your transformation to where you are now is an interesting journey, right? Yeah. And, and becoming Meta World Peace is sort of in the middle there somewhere. In the middle. And, and I think people were a little confused about that mm-hmm. period of your life. So explain that to what was happening with you. You know, that part of my life was, um, you know, basketball was always at the center. And with that, with basketball being at the center, there's a lot of other things that was pulling on me. Or ignored, maybe. Oh, maybe ignored yeah. too. Maybe ignored also, you know. And so, you know, with Ron Artest, and this, my, my parents named me Ron Artest. I love the name. Um, but I was trying to find an identity, something that I could really. Away protect. from basketball? Or um, with basketball? More, more with, basketball, with basketball. With basketball. Yeah. To keep basketball important. And to perform at a high, not necessarily physical level, but a, a spiritual level, a mental level. When you know, did you get in, in interest in that kind of thing? Oh, uh, I got interest, I would say, 2007. So, so spirituality, and I'm going to ask you what you mean by that, mm-hmm. was, that was not on your sort of radar until then. Is that accurate? It was not on my radar Okay, at all. and what happened that got you there? Well, being in therapy for all these years, uh, you know, every therapist is different. Right, and then when I got older, then I and I, I became more wiser. I started to you know, embrace the therapy more and more and more. And I'm like, wow, let me actually listen to the therapist. So I started to do breathing exercises, and really started to take the the session serious. Right, mm-hmm. that's, that's in the mid 2000s. This was about 2007. Did the NBA set those up for you? Um, the, the NBA helped me with my marriage counseling because I I worked for the NBA for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. And was so impressed with. Uh, I'd worked for pretty much every professional athlete organization for in, on the addiction side, mm. and nobody was as good as the NBA. Not even close. <laughs> NBA just took care of their players. They just took <laughs> care. Of, they, they just did. they just freaking did what the players needed. Had put the player, the person, ahead of everything for sure. And that was like just astonishing compared to like the NFL, which was like, don't make them too well. We still them kind of crazy. We still, we still, don't worry about it. Right? No, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. Yeah, this very was true. just like do whatever you got to do to make them better. It's Help the, this guy out. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Like literally, I'm working with the the league, and they are they, they helped me find my first marriage counselor. You know, and I always uh, I always mention that when I can. Did you did you were you resistant to mental health services at first, or how how did you break through that? Because I, let me let me pull my curtain mm-hmm, back. Yeah. I'd say I'm, I'm very concerned about the African-American community and their willingness to access – well, they've been so poorly served throughout, for 150 years mm. by, by mental health and, and medical side too. They're, they should be skeptical. Mm-hmm. They've been poorly served. But that's – it's not now. That's not now. We need to get people in and sort of your uh, – you as a model interest me as someone that could reduce that resistance to mm-hmm. people getting the help they need. Yeah. And then what, was the, what was the first part of your question? Did you have resistance to oh, yeah. that, and how did you get through that? Yeah, you know, um, I never had resistance because since since I was thirteen, my mom put me in, uh, a, a, had me see a social worker, oh, not an actual therapist. Uh, so I kind of knew what it was about, uh. right? So I was already warmed up uh. to therapy, and then pretty much I knew that I was going to need therapy because I had anger issues, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it was, it, things just kept piling on, piling on. So then I'm 13, my first ther- my first social worker. Then 17 in college. And then 19 years old when I was with the Bulls, right? So Jesus, that's, I, think about that. You're 17 in college already, and then 19, you're a professional athlete. <laughs> I, I need therapy just thinking about that. I mean, do we, you know what I mean? You're a kid still. Yeah, and there, some people can handle it. Some people can't. Mm. Some, some kids can really handle it. Like Jermaine O'Neal can handle it. Like LeBron James is able to handle it. Um Al Harrington came out of high school. Like some people I, can handle it and some people can't. I would argue you handled it. I did. I did okay. I just wasn't ready. I wanted s- certain things that sent me down a bad path. I was in it for one of the right re- reasons, work hard, become as great as you can. And then the other reason was party as much as you can. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do as much partying as you can. Yeah. And it was that including drugs or just getting out no there? Drugs, no, no drugs. No drugs. So just, yeah. just ha- ha- celebrate party. Yeah, I'm yeah. not into – I was never – if I was, I would tell you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but I'm but not that, really But that would drugs. be 
if you were, that'd make it extra super tough. Yeah, yeah. A lot of alcohol. Yeah. And then marijuana. You yeah, know, yeah. A lot of alcohol, a lot of marijuana. Yeah. Um, but everything else I was always afraid of. Got it. And, and so, and, and then the partying went on for a while, I imagine, because you're still a young man. Yeah, it was, it was going on for a while. I would go out, you know, and then I would say, you know, if I have issues or feeling a certain way, I would just drink some Hennessy. And you think, normally you think like uh, alcohol can make things go away, but mm. alcohol is for you to really enjoy the moment. It's not necessarily for you to suppress the pain. Right. Right. It's for you to have moments and bond with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you, so you, you drink alcohol when, when it's a good setting, birthdays and, you know, I didn't see you in a long time. Cheers, right? Yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah. And you said cover the pain. What was the source of your pain? Okay. And by the way, if I ask you questions, you just don't even No worries. Worry about, yeah. You guys any questions? I really, okay. been, obviously I'm involved in mental health. And I know exactly. I love your show and everything. But, um, so the, I would say is, um, for me, it's two types of pain. One you know about and one you don't know about, right? So the subconscious one is the one that's the worst because you don't really know why you are how you are, right? And that's the worst one. When you know about things like, you know, maybe you had an issue with your, you know, with your significant other. Uh, maybe, you know, somebody might have passed away in your neighborhood. Like, I can see that. But when you're young, and you're going, you, and you're going through these traumatic, you know, uh, uh, events, whether it's parents fighting, you know, and you're just four years old, two years old, and, and wow, what's that, right? You can't really, you don't really know what happened, right? And when you become five and six, you still have that emotion. You just that's still a part of you, yes, right? And the, the, then other the, things happen. We have we have a way of saying it is literally your body remembers mm -hmm. you know the body keeps the score is sort of what people say <laughs> and your body's sort of in that state of vigilance or whatever it is mm -hmm. pain or whatever mm -hmm. and you said other things happen what other things happen no, I think like for them I, I had this shell because in our neighborhoods um, like this is the, Long Island City now Long Island City yeah. Queens Queensbridge Long Island City you know you, you grow this shell because you got to be hard to survive depending on who you're around I could stay upstairs all day and just avoid everything, but that's not me. I'm outside, right? So from fam from friends dying, right, from the streets, and you see what the streets can do to you, mm. right? So do you get involved or do you stay away? Do you, do you stay cool with your friends that's doing things that can send them to jail or do you stay away, right? Um, how close are you to them, right? So from family to friends, from, the, you know, not having food, that's, that's, that's okay because you don't even understand that you don't have food when you're poor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't really understand that um, you don't really have what you need, uh. but you, you just enjoy life. But the other part is, you know, the, the fighting in the household or the, uh, the violence outside the household. And were you witness a lot that's of violence? Did part. you have to witness a lot of violence? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For uh. sure. Yeah. You know, we're in the biggest housing, federal housing project in America. You know, um, every block is like a different, almost a different city you know and yeah. and you know it's different so so from that perspective it's hard to navigate sometimes some people stay on their blocks it's different now i see more unity now but back then it was it was wild wild west you know and it's like what do you do you know do you get involved and then you take that with you on the court did, oh i'm sure of that yeah. did uh do you go back now and talk to people there families kids um, I'm, I've always been back to my neighborhood. I haven't been back in the last like ten years consistently, but my first like ten years, I was there often. Um, but you know, uh, now I'm here in LA. I'm raising my kids now. How many kids you have? Four kids. What are their ages? Uh, 24, 22, Ooh. 20, Ooh. and eighteen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> How are they doing? They're doing good. You know, uh, ones in college. Well, they're all in college right That's now. Right. Oh, in college. How fun. Where'd you go to school? College? I went to St. John's University. Oh, yeah. Yeah, St. John's. All right. Christian uh, Brothers School. And so back to the neighborhood and, and these confede, com, competing interests and, and uh, you know, sort of, I don't know how to characterize it. Almost like, as you, you said early on, that things were pulling on you. I almost feel like when you were a kid, things were pulling on you too, but it was more in the friends and neighborhood family that kind of stuff how did you decide how to navigate that where did you go just block it out i can but did you join in did you stay out uh, sometimes did you, I in and out or? i did some things in and out like you know like when i was 13 uh all, all my family members who was involved in drugs they went to jail and they're home mm. right so so at that time you know I, I learned how to you know cook crack and at that time when you when you look when you're in a neighborhood 
you know, you just pretty much see people making money. You're like, oh, cool, I could do this. You know, and you, you're outside. Sometimes police come, sometimes they don't. And you just become in, entrenched. It just, that, it just in, becomes your life. It kind of becomes yeah. your life. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I didn't do was pursue that lifestyle. Uh, but I was right there on the edge. I was right there at the how, door. How did you keep out? How did you? Was it basketball? Or? I just wasn't interested. You know, I, the first time I made a sale to, a, you know, I, would, I don't want to call him a crackhead, just a person who wanted some crack. <laughs> um, the first time I did it, I seen how dirty he was, mm. how smelly he was. And literally, I, I, give, him, I give him the crack. And I was so disgusted because he smells so bad. I just went back into the house and I told my cousin, I'm like, yo, I didn't take the money. I'm sorry. Like, I'll give you, I'll find a way to give you back the $10, but I just couldn't do it. And that was the last time I was never, it wasn't the last time, but um, um, I was dabbling, dabbling in a little bit of other things. But um, but for the most part, at that point in time, about 13, I said, nah, like this cannot be for me. So it feels like you, you either you had a super sensitive soul for lack of a better way of describing it or you had other influences shaping you like your mom or something that that, yeah. got, that really helped you not fall down that pit and then also my dad so my dad was very uh strict like if i was if they was to see me if they would have saw me do that yeah i would have had a belt to my butt <laughs> yeah so that fear factor was always there which i'm so grateful for that because Although my mom and dad separated when I was 13, mm. I grew up with my mom and dad. Mm. So I grew up in a strong household. So they stayed together even though they were separated? No, well, they, 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 they separated when they was 13. But my dad would come see me every day. Oh, nice. I remember the day they separated, I was just like, I was 13. Our, our, our apartment just burned down, right? So we had this apartment with about 17 of us. We had to move to a one-bedroom with 17 of us. What? In the neighborhood. Luckily, we found the one-bedroom. We was in a shelter. And, but at that time, we went to the shelter. We was having fun. You're a kid. You're just like, okay, the house burned down. Yeah. We have no clothes. All the pictures are gone. And mommy said, hey, we're going to a shelter tonight to stay with our family. Like, okay. I went with my cousin. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not really thinking about, damn, we we really on the train with these bags. As I think back on it, I'm like, oh, this is kind of wild. But, but yeah, it is wild. But, but somehow your mom must have kept everybody together emotionally. My mom was Because she didn't make strong. you feel insecure. You know what I mean? She felt like, all right, we're doing this. Here we go. Yeah, for sure. She made every, you know. With the exception of if you've done something wrong, with the exception of that, she was, she, she's here now. She's a very strong person and a happy person, you know. Um, so, but it's, we, we mask pain well, you know what I'm saying? We meaning? Family, my family. We can mask pain and we can also um, turn it off. And and then I don't even think about it. Compartmentalize. Yeah, for long periods of time. Yeah. And this is a That's a survival thing. It's a, and it's a dangerous thing because yeah. you could do it for a focus, for something positive. Yeah. You could also do it as a negative. Yeah. yeah. And I tell and I tell all my family all the time, I say, we have the unique uh, ability to block out pain and we will and we can also self destruct. Yeah. Because I tell you what that, that does. Way. Is it 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 when you block it out, you're leaving a part of yourself behind it's L- so literally true. disconnected from the rest of you but that part of yourself doesn't go away i know I it's know. just out in the distance there and it needs attention very and, true and it will find a way to get it <laughs> it's sure. usually not positive for sure yeah, right and you know like as you put it because you have a lot of experience you know in, in this field and me i'm just i'm 41 and i'm getting older and i'm like, gaining this experience and this wisdom and it's so true and as i think about i want to improve myself and i think about my family the history and I think about that. I'm just like, you, you have to address things, <laughs> right? You gotta, you gotta really address things in, in a realistic way too. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't blame. You can't. You gotta be in the reality of it. So true. So yeah. true. I, and pointing the, it's so true. Did you used to blame? Um, or have you always been somebody that was able to sort of? I always blame myself. So, so, so let me you ask know? you. I'm ask you just an. But then lately, question. I started blaming others. Well, they, they, it goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there can be blame out there, but to do it all the time is the mistake. To, but yeah. you, I, I, how's your self esteem? Why would you just generally characterize your self esteem? Not just now, but just sort of generally across your life. It was low think, or high. I think more on the low side. Yeah. So, yeah, so I would side. predict that too. So, people <laughs> with low esteem, they take responsibility for everything. It's a good thing. 
If you have low self-esteem, you figure something's happening. It must be me. And that's a good thing that helps you. It's when you have high self-esteem, you start thinking, it's, it's out there. Why, why me? I'm good. It's out oh, there. So how do you get the balance? You're getting there. You get yeah. therapy. <laughs> that's therapy. The only, that's everything you're doing gets the balance. You, believe me, you're out of that now. So it's just – it's kind of something to get set by about age five mm. and you either have low or high. And, mm. and I've – and people mm. – and we've been through this self-esteem movement in this country. And Adam and I have always said low self-esteem is a good thing. It's a protective factor. It's not not pleasant and it can lead to bad stuff right, and right, mood right, problems right. and things. But it helps you stay accountable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You focus on you. It's like, must be me. I'm, something happened. It's got to be my fault. And, you know, <laughs> and sometimes the bad thing could be like you want to do everything on your own. So I feel like you know, I can handle any issue or anything I want to accomplish. I feel like I can do it. And sometimes that could be like a negative. Correct. So let me just characterize that as we have difficulty asking for help. <laughs> and, and, for sure. and, and asking for help is, creates a vulnerability that we don't like. And yeah, so, yeah. But, but again, you've been doing therapy long enough that, that it kind of goes away. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. And so are you still in therapy? Um, yeah, I'm not being therapy forever. I love yeah. therapy. Yeah, I was in for a long, long, long time. It was I, I keep dreaming about going back because I just have time. But but it'd be a different thing for me now. But like I haven't I haven't been in two years, but it's not something that I'm ever detached from. You're never gonna you don't plan to leave it behind. No, therapy. for yeah. sure. Not because I love it. Like if I meet a good therapist, meditations, form of therapy. Well it sounds like you're going a little more yes, it is. And, and but you're sounding like you're sort of there's psychotherapy, right, and all mm-hmm. the things that come with that. But there's spiritual therapies too, and that's a little different thing. And it's often neglected, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a little, it's something I don't understand that well. I'll be honest with you, it's a little mystical to me. But I, but I know it when I see it, and right, I know right, it, right, I know, right, and I know right. it helps people a lot. Right, right. So, what is that journey for you like right now? I think spiritual is more like, for example, my last birthday, I went stargazing, right, and just chill for four hours, five hours, and I go stargazing a lot. Right, uh, it gives you something to shoot for. It gives you something to dream about. It gives you something to be humble about. So, so explain that to me. Is it you just think about? Are you looking at patterns in the sky? Are you just thinking of the infinite universe and your place in it, or just whatever comes to mind? Um, both. So, I I did think about my place in it, and the first time I thought about my place in the universe, I kind of did reverse. Versus looking up, I looked down at myself, and I was going through a few things. I'm saying, somebody on another planet don't even realize you're going through pain or you're happy how much they don't care so whether you're doing very well in your life or you're doing really bad in your life they don't care so just put that in perspective you know yeah, the universe does not care right? let's look at it in perspective <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's important enjoy the day right? yeah enjoy it the makes day. you kind of right-sized it's like you know what i mean it's like what am i worried about it's yeah like, like what am I, yeah in the infinity of all this like whoa yeah in fact you know in 12-step process we we are always trying to get people into that kind of mode of thinking mm-hmm. because they have a when you're in addiction you have a lot of grandiosity and you have a lot of control issues and you have a lot of pain <laughs> mm-hmm. and sort of letting go of that and and thinking of the bigger context whatever that is for you that's kind of what we coach people up on yeah yeah and people come to that in lots of different ways you know what I mean it's yeah. like some people it's a this you know it's Jesus or it's God and some people it's stargazing it, yeah, get you yeah, there. yeah. I mean, I love looking at art for long periods of time. What kind of art? Um, more, uh, I would say, nature or abstract. You know, so I'm, uh, you know, more nature abstract. I like, I like looking at art for long periods of time. Do, do you go to museums and things, or do you go to? You know, um, I'll go anywhere, and I really appreciate the museums because obviously, they just some museums are incredible. Like you go to Florence, you just <laughs> it's just incredible. But also, I appreciate. You know, art on the street, you know, like some, you know, a lot of, unfortunately, but there's people, homeless people selling art, huh. right, sometimes. And I, I, I purchased those pieces of art also, you know, um, one, to put money into in their pocket and to appreciate the art. Mm. Could Absolutely. be an interesting little sort of thing to put that all together. Yeah. You know, homeless <laughs> art in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I think that'd be moving. To see I that. think it's beautiful pieces. I mean, obviously, I mean, you got somebody on the street, homeless, paying some art. It's some... It's some value there, right? Um, and then you can't put money in their bank account sometimes. You got to give them the cash, you know. But the, I know there's lots of people out there that's really working on art, you know, all day and, and grabbing pieces from anywhere, wood from old wood and just, like, making it happen. Yeah. It's probably, you know, it's, it's, it's two things. It probably, you know, they need the money, but it's yeah. also probably how they can make meaning you know, in a yeah. meaningless situation. In a meaningless situation, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, you've heard me talk about the fact that insurance doesn't always cover th- everything, especially an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you can still get hit with a substantial deductible or a copay. Protect your family, protect your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expenses of air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year and covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That is just pennies a day. We all know the unexpected can happen, and an AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. For a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listener, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card when you join. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use our offer code Drew. Well, we spend one-third of our lives in bed, so pure organic cotton sheets from Bowl & Branch make it a truly special gift. They make the highest quality sheets. that You know it when you're on Bowl & Branch sheets. We love them, and it's a gift everybody wants. They are so comfortable. It's not just sheets, by the way. There's towels also. Bowl & Branch was invented by a husband and wife team, Scott and Missy Tannen. They wanted to create a new standard in bedding by doing things the right way. Not the easy way and not the most cost-effective way, certainly. It's the best way. Bull & Branch holds themselves to the highest standards. And it's not just their sheets. As I said, it's pillows, bath towels, robes. That's right. But the signature hem sheets are their all-time best-selling. Buttery soft, lightweight, comes in a wide range of colors and styles. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard in bedding from Bull & Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packing. Order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Best deals of the year going on now through November 11th with promo code DREW at bowlandbranch.com. That is B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code D-R-E-W. Exclusions may apply. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And you know, I've been speaking about these guys for quite some time. They've moved the technology forward so we can deliver excellent mental health services online with BetterHelp. Now, you know, I think that one of the most significant barriers to people going in to getting mental health services is the waiting room. They hate the waiting room. Not so with BetterHelp. You don't have to worry about any uncomfortable interactions. And I think it's easier, too, for people to use electronic media to initiate their relationship with a therapist. That's right. doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you do not have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. More affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind, your mental health? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Dr. Drew Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Drew. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash D-R-E-W. So what, what do you I, – I, I'm going to go more on the spiritual side in a mm-hmm. few minutes, but but I, I'm interested in what – you know, what's – what do you – not, not so much what you're passionate about these days, but what are, you, what are you worried about? What are you interested in changing? What do you, you – yeah. what, what do you – are you – do you have things you're sort of pursuing that way? I mean, yeah. I mean, in terms of uh, just personally? Yeah. Or, I mean, do you worry about the homeless thing? Do you worry about oh, – yeah. What do, you, what do you – That's a good question. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do you worry about stuff out in the world that that's you want to try to change question. or – yeah. That's a great question. Like when I changed my name to Metal World Peace, that's the, that's the same time I think we were, we were in Afghanistan at that time. Just getting in, I think. We were like, just getting we, in at that yeah. time. I think right, and then let's go back to when we went to Iraq, right? And, I, and I'm not, I'm not really trying to get involved in the politics of the war, but when you talk about the person and you you see these images on television, that scars a kid. If you have any, if you have any uh, passion or compassion, and you see someone else hurt, even somebody on the street, you might see somebody get punched in the face. Like, man, don't do that, man, don't do that, right? And I think like subconsciously, I'm naturally uh, interested in the world and people. And when you see other people, um, you know, poor or hungry or homeless or whatever the case may be, that starts to weigh on you. It affects you. That, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people just completely ignore it. Trust me. I, yeah. I, you're, you're, you know, this, you've had this sensitivity your whole life, it sounds like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and then your mom sort of made it, I don't know, she shaped it in an interesting way. But, but so what do, you, what do you do with that? You know, I try to just um, – I try to always just uh, – you know, wish the best for people. You know, I, I've been doing something lately over the last, like, maybe five years to connect with people around the world. How do you do that? Right? 
but I figured if you can connect with nature, nature could do the rest for you, right? So you got trees, the roots go into the earth. Where do those roots go? Into the soil. What's underneath the soil? Then eventually it goes out to the ocean. It goes to the sand. That water is um, recycled. It's coming as waves, and it's going back under through currents and, you know, across the world. We don't really know, mm. right, where this one little piece of, I would sand. say, particle of yeah. sand is going, right? So it's like that, that, that type of way, use nature to connect, you know, with other people and just send out good messages because naturally I'm not a positive person. You're not? No, no. I mean, naturally— you don't the, think of yourself as a positive person. That's true too. I assure you, you're a positive that's, that's, person. That, that's very true. That's so that that's very true. How you put it, because that so so then my family is normally we have a lot of things that we all say like I can't or this is who I am or I'm not. Yeah, or yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because I'm trying to break us out of that. Let, let me, like, <laughs> you, Gary, you get, back me up on this. I can back you up on this uh, completely. I was telling him that uh, when he walked in today, I saw him a week and a half ago or so. He was on a different podcast yeah. I produced. And he is remarkably positive. Yeah, super I mean, it positive. Is, I mean, you walk in the room, you're positive. It radiates but, off of yeah, him when I know, you're around I know. Him. But, but isn't that interesting how our yeah. self-concepts are often different than how we're perceived by other people? And, and, and maybe that's much like low self-esteem. Maybe that's a good thing. It keeps you focused on being positive and you know, trying to be positive. Yeah. And, and connecting with all these – these elements that you're talking about. And I think more from not being positive, it's more like I've just seen so many things happen that scarred me. So I had this shield up yeah. that always kept me ready when, like, when you for say battle. That, give, give us an example so we can understand if, you, if you're comfortable. Like one day I was going to school. and um, You're how old? Oh, I was like maybe uh, – I, was, I was probably 14. Okay. And you're, walk, you're walking to school? Walking to school. With, with time. You by yourself, peers? By myself. By Sometimes you meet with your friends. But yeah. in our neighborhood, everybody just kind of gradually – Goes starts to see each other walking to school. Sure, and, depending and this, on what school so you're in. Long Island City. How far is the walk? Oh, we were going from Long Island City, maybe like towards Ravenswood to uh, junior high school, two or four miles, kind of thing. Mile maybe and a half. two miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About two miles. All right, so you're walking to school. It's you're 14 years old, and yeah. So then, our our older friend, you know, we just heard he got shot. His brains on the on the floor. So they they got the body up, but it was winter time. So you can literally see pieces of his head on the floor uh. right they couldn't it was just frozen there and it was there for every day when you walk by school uh. and it was there for years it was stained when the, when the winter was over and the snow was over you know the blood stained Jesus. in the concrete you know what i'm saying yes. so it's stuff like that you know um you, you, what, you what know, did you think as a kid just you just push it aside you know you just like you just like you don't know who got beef with who obviously i'm not involved in the gangs but you know family members all right so it's like and you have compassion for these people. You know, uh, you're like, man, one day, you know, you're going to be okay. Like, try to stay on the right path. But in the same, in the same breath, these things are happening a lot. But do you think, oh, my God, my uncle or my nephew or whatever, this could happen to him? Or you start for worrying sure. about everybody? Yeah, yeah. You, worry, you worry about that. You worry about your friends, your family. You know, um, it's, it depends. Because some people get hit by stray bullets, you know. I'm not too worried about my family from a sense of, if you're not involved, you're going to be okay. Unless you get some bullies. Sometimes you get a bully that want to just, like, show what they got. Yeah, yeah. You know, which, which is another thing. I, I grew a shield. I grew that type of shield also. Because naturally I'm outgoing. Hey, how you doing? Let's go here. And you can take advantage of that. And if you don't have experience in war and fighting, you know, if you don't have experience in, you know, cutting somebody <laughs> or shooting, it's like, oh, Wow. If I take this to the next level, I, I, I potentially can get shot. I potentially mm. could get stabbed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get shot. I don't want to get stabbed. Right. And you but don't want to do that to anybody else. <laughs> I don't want to do that to anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Right? You don't want to. So then eventually you grow, you grow this shield like, all right, let's get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then that's the one you keep with you for a long time. And, you know, um, and then I see it in other people. I see it in kids. I see it in teenagers growing up where they got this shield and they got that mean mug and they're ready for whatever. Like, you shouldn't be walking your life ready for whatever. You should be walking your life ready to open. Yeah, go to the next level. Like, get educated and, you know, be a doctor or whatever. Is, is, Long Island City is a lot better right now, yeah? Um, but still got big Long problems. Long Island City is really nice. Still got big problems all around there, right? But it's still some issues in, in, in the neighborhoods. It's still issues that I thought, was gone or going away, but not really. If you had a magic wand, what do you think they need to, to make those things go away? You know, I think you need, like, people like me in the neighborhood. Right. Like, not just walking, but having positions. Because, like, if I go to the neighborhood 
and I say, yo, we're going to have mental health session today. I walk on all the blocks, right, or something like that. Are we going to be doing these different things? Some people can't relate. They would, they would just, yeah, they would know what you're talking about. Really. Some people can't relate, you know. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, I was doing basketball leagues in my neighborhood, right? And then someone came to me and said, you can't really do this basketball game here. And I, got, I remember I got so mad. I was at the, I was at the office or whatever. I, mean, I was just like, y'all can't tell me what to do in my hood. This is my hood. I started cursing them out and everything. If I want to do a game, if I want to do anything, like I've been in the trenches in this neighborhood. I've been playing basketball, shots going off, family members dying. You know, like you cannot tell me what I can do in my neighborhood. But then when I think about it, it's not my neighborhood. I just, I got one little apartment. You grew up there. I just grew up there. It's yeah. not my neighborhood. It's a federal housing project. But it feels like it's yours, mm. right? And people feel like that. Like, this is my hood. You hear that all the time. My hood, my block, my hood, my block. <laughs> you know, it's not your hood. It's not your block. You don't, own, you don't own the hood. You don't own the block. Why do you think people do that? Because you just, it feels like home. Yeah. You know, it feels like home. It's like if you go to jail, you want, and some people want to go back into prison because, like, oh, I'm out. I need to go back home. Uh. Like, when I first got to the NBA, and I kind of regret this. My mom told me, I'm never leaving Queensbridge. That's what my mom told me. I said, Mom, we got money. Let's go to Chicago. She said, no, I'm staying in Queensbridge. So I literally had to, my first check, I literally had to deck out inside of the hood. And meanwhile, we grew up with holes in the wall, mice and rats coming out the wall, you know, roaches, you know, when you turn the lights on all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It was rough. There was only so much my mom could do at one point. She did, she did her best. And you got that many kids, and she takes in anybody. If you're homeless, she'd bring you, come, come stay with us. Whew. My mom like that. Whoa. And that's where I get it from. Whoa. If I see somebody struggling, maybe we, need, like, maybe we need her to, you know what I mean, be the presence in the hood there. You know? She's very, very, like, she'll give her all. And people are like, why do you, why you always love people? Come, I don't know. Oh, wow, my mom does it. I know a bunch my of people. My mom, like yeah. <laughs> she takes in everybody. Uh, yeah, seventeen people living in one bedroom, the and they hell? all wasn't her people. It wasn't what? her kids. How did you? How did you even fit? Well, we had well, when our house burned down, we had nothing, so we had to go to uh, a shelter. Then, um, one Christmas, we got so lucky. <clears throat> Dick Tracy just came out, and my mom went to somewhere, and she came back with three bags of Dick, the same Dick Tracy T-shirts for Christmas. We oh. had we had presents. Wow. The first one was good, but then after a while, it's like, oh, my goodness. We, we must have had 200 Dick Tracy T-shirts. We must have had 200 Dick Tracy T-shirts. <laughs> so she just like, things like you things like that, Just get, we just get lucky. We just fall into luck. Well, it's also her figuring it out. It's and figuring going it out. out. <laughs> going out there thinking about it. Like, how can I do this? Yeah. These kids need something. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but t- tell me again, how do 17 people sleep in a yeah. single room? So we had to get mattresses. Um, so we had, so during the, when we go to sleep, Mattress. We had the kitchen here, one bedroom, and then the living room. So we had the mattress and the one in the kitchen, one coming out the kitchen, one all on the floor, one going into rooms. So we had to we had to move remove the the frames so we could so everybody can just sleep. And it was cool. It was a it was actually one of the greatest times of our lives. It was as weird as that sound. That was the best time that we had because we was all together and and mostly all this kind of the same age, kind of within a few years. Or? Everybody's like a year, couple you know. I was one of the youngest, and we had my cousins, and then my cousins. Did, did, did left. everyone have that same positive feeling about it? Or did others kind of not feel so good? <sighs> I think. Um, yeah, because I kind of feel like you're very lucky to look at it that way. You know, I don't think at that and that apartment. I can't remember one argument. Yeah. I can't remember one argument. I remember us just saying, "This is fun," like you know. Yeah. It was like crazy, but looking at it from my mom's point of view now, I'm like, "Oh wow, that must have been tough." Oh, could you imagine? You, 17 kids in a row. Being <laughs> 20, 30 years old. <gasps> it's too much. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you got to take care of everybody, make sure they eat. Oh. See, you know, you don't think about that till you get older. You know, you don't think it's about it until you get older. It's breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, there should be like monuments to people like your mom. You know what I'm saying? And, she, and I've heard stories that that not, I mean, they're not all the time, but I hear them and it's like, wow, I just want those women to be like elevated. It's, it's usually yeah, women yeah. too, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, back then, and that's why I work with a lot of women, and I, I try to, you know, do my best to, you know, empower women. I try to do my best because— It's because your mom? Yeah, subconscious. I never thought about it because my mom. Yeah. I just thought about it because it was just me, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. actually is not. It's probably because my mom, like, I'm always like, hey, you can do it. 
you can be commissioner. You can be you can you can run the marketing department. You can do it. Of course. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, you know, so I'm, and probably probably. So so I want to go back to my magic wand because uh, I because I I feel like you probably have some solutions in you if you thought about it. <laughs> and, and, and I know, and and actually, the way you're doing it is actually might be the solution, which is you know one human to another human, empowering, inspiring, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which for sure works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm but I'm not sure it's scalable. <laughs> I'm not sure we can correct. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, if you had a magic wand, what what do they need? What could we do? What, what would change things in a positive way? And and I'm, mm. I'm and as I ask that question, I'm thinking of the room of 16 kids, you know, and they're liking it. How can we? Take that, that wow. positivity, and somehow. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that. So in 2007, like I wanted to do this. YouTube just came out, I think. Mm. So I wanted to do a, a social. I wanted to have two social workers, with about maybe five to six kids on each side, and each kid talking about their problems, because I was paying for therapy at this time, and I, it was expensive. Marriage counseling, anger management class, parenting. Just for yourself. For myself. And the bill was like pretty, 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 uh, a lot. So that's it. How can we get the kids to tell what they're going through and then broadcast it? Yeah. Where another, where kids can watch, relate, and then hopefully that's some therapy. Correct. So that was like, it's just funny you said that. But, um, did you do it? No, because at that time I didn't, I had the ideas, but I didn't know who to talk to to get this stuff broadcast. Like, how do you take an idea and put it on YouTube and film it and, Distribute it. I don't know. I, I can never meet the right people to to get it out. What's your day in day life like now? Because I'm asking that because I'm thinking about how to make this happen for you. <laughs> what is your day in day life day in day out life like these days? Well, like you know, obviously, um, I raffled my ring off right when we won the championships. I raffled my ring off, raised six hundred thousand for mental health awareness, and all mental health institutions we gave all the money away. And from that perspective. I thought that corporations would see that and give us more money because I never wanted to do as much business as I'm doing now. Back then, it was all philanthropy. But the reason I got into business was because I talked to my partner. I'm like, you we got to generate some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, so it's, it's okay to use the market because <laughs> that's how you develop stuff. And look at look at uh, Bezos' ex-wife. I mean, she's going to spend all that on philanthropy because he made all that money. Yeah. But keep going. So what, what does it look like? Yeah, so um, I would say – I think parenting, teaching kids at an early age, the importance on being a good partner and a good parent, mm. I think so much will be solved. You know, I even changed my mission statement for my 501c3 from mental health um, initiatives to parenting and partnerships. So, so would it be too glib to say family health, health of families? Health of families in there. Health of families for sure in there because partnership is there. Parenting is there. But you're being sensitive to all the forms of families that are out there. I mean, you, your mom and the 17 kids, I mean, that was a family. That's a family. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and they needed support and things and who knows what. I mean, you, were, you know, we weren't there. But, yeah. but that's that's the kind of thing you want to help. Yeah, and partnership is like how do you treat your partner with some respect? Because we, we, we grew up thinking about, you know, women as H's and B's and, you know, go to the club and meet as many women as you can. Right? That's what's embedded. Do you feel bad about that? I mean, I enjoyed the music. <laughs> I've, I had my great, I had my fair share of good times out. Right, of course. But at the same time, like, what's the other message? Like, we're human, so you want to enjoy it. You're human. You're yeah. a young man, a 21 year old, yeah. 17 year old boy. Yeah. You should be thinking about which which girl I'm going to right. I want to meet and date. But at the same time, I would almost argue they're not doing that enough right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Get right. back a little bit to that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, what about the other side? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you become older, are you prepared? Mm. Like to when you settle down, do you even know what you got to do now? Yeah, you got to like get flowers. You got to take your wife on dates. Things is going to get rough. Let me what do you some. do at let, that point? Let me ask something because <laughs> because I think this is kind of interesting. How did you? What you're talking about is not just being compassionate and empathic to your partner, but it's also understanding a, a woman's needs, mm-hmm. like what, how a woman's thinking. For what sure. How did that? <laughs> I think for men, that's that's. Very curious and very um, almost mysterious. We don't really yeah, understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. How did you get to the point that you kind of got it? It's crazy because, like, <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't I, this is what happened. So I met my first wife when I was fifteen. Yeah, we stayed together till I was thirty-two. Wow. Right. So 
it, that's a lot of other complications with that because being a young kid oh, you, and having babies, so it was really difficult. Oh my god! But with that being, I couldn't have raised a lizard at that age, man. You know, it was no. like, and I had my first baby at sixteen, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and every two years after that. Oh. So then, like, so I had four. So then, when we got divorced, I, I literally called all the females in my household and my family, and I was like, "How do you?" Uh, I was like, "How do you treat a woman?" Like literally, I call. Every female, because I was going through a lot, just got divorced. What'd you learn? Yeah. You should write a book about this. I know, right? You should write it was, a handbook. It was just so crazy. I, I called my my sister, my all my sisters. Yeah, what'd they tell you? What'd you learn? This is like 10 years ago. Yeah. but it, <laughs> It's hard to bring it back. It like I know. Years ago. But I'm sure your eyes were like, yeah, I was just <laughs> really? That? That's what you want? Yeah. Like, That's yeah, what like, she's thinking? Yeah. Right? Yeah, because and then some of them have all also been treated bad by men. Mm. But it's like, what does a woman want? Like, how do I make it work? Yeah. Like, what can I do better? And I think it was just things like just being compassion, understanding, you know, like, you know, sometimes women, maybe they'll have their monthly, you yeah. know, and, and the guy's not thinking about that. Yeah. Right? So we just come home like, oh, I, I need food. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hold on, right now I'm going through something that brought you into this earth. <laughs> right? So you need, so at that, at that point in time, what do we do at that point in time? Do we go to the store? Do we get flowers? Right? Do we make tea in the morning? Like, how can I help? Yeah. Right? How can what I do help? I need to do? I don't get it. So you <laughs> tell me. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and I think that's important, partnership, right? Like yep. the kids are learning so many other things. And, we need to teach them that so when they get older, now their family's beautiful. You know, you got you got this new this this kid who was five years old who's now twenty five and it's like, oh wow, I know how to do this. You know, I'm gonna take my family out to eat together today. We're gonna have dinner, we're gonna cook together. Why do you think we're not already that way? What got in the way of us being that way? I think there are some families like that. But, but I mean the when we're not that way, why why do you figure we're I just don't think we put importance on it. As so, humans, so, I don't think we put importance. Well, certainly on this it. country, right? We don't put. We just don't. We don't prioritize relationships in this country so much. Yeah, I don't think. And, so. I, I don't. I don't yeah. see us prioritizing relationships. Right, at all. and we certainly don't prioritize family relationships. Yeah, really, we kind of know that they're important, but we don't prioritize them. And then we don't teach people how to have healthy family relationships. What you're saying? I think so. I mean, yeah. I, sometimes you see on television, this is a family show. Yeah. Right. Um, but what's what's on the other side of that? You know, television. Like you got so many ways to promote this thing, right? Televisions, traditional media, social media, right? But what are we what are we doing to really, you know, push this narrative? Because some people do want to, you know, some people do just want to be happy. What do you think the resistance is to that? Why can't we just? Why can't politicians pick up this idea? I think we are moving at a fast pace, probably. You know, even me. You know, I'm like every day working. You know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think we're moving at such a fast pace. If we take a step back, it potentially can get in the way of our entertainment. <laughs> You know, of, of 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 our lust and our, you know, what makes us happy, what we or what we think makes us happy. So I think it's hard to push pause and then focus on these things collectively. You know, um, I think you're right. I think it's possible. We're distracted by so much. Yeah, I think so. Did you know that all Podcast One shows stream twenty four seven at livebylive.com and on the Live by Live app. With the Live by Live app, you'll get podcasts, the latest breaking news, the best handcrafted music stations anywhere you go, all for $3.99 per month. And I have not mentioned the live events yet. Live by Live streams the biggest events on the planet, including the FIBA 3 on 3 basketball tournament and Live by Live's Music Lives Baller Fest, November 12th to the 14th. Get it all with a free seven-day trial. Go to livebylive.com forward slash Drew. Your health goals shouldn't be just focusing on the scale or fitting into certain clothing. You've got to feel good and have energy, and that's why USANA Health Sciences created USANA Active Nutrition. The new lineup is all about promoting a positive health journey with products for weight management, digestive health, energy, hydration. Whole line is gluten-free, made with natural ingredients. USANA sent me a box of Active Nutrition products, along with being really delicious. They're made with high-quality ingredients, backed by thorough research and cutting-edge sciences. Not only are they a company you can trust, they are trusted by thousands of Olympic and professional athletes around the world. Some of the exciting new products you will find with USANA's Active Nutrition line include the convenient peanut butter snack bar, which was my favorite, the electrolyte replacement drink, you know I'm hot on fluid replacement, detox tea for bacterial gut health, and metabolism for metabolic support. Visit USANA.com to see each active nutrition product for yourself and to make sure to use the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout to save 15% 
20% on your active nutrition order. This promotion is for new retail customers only. Some product restrictions may apply. Support your life in motion with USANA Active Nutrition. Every 60 seconds, not one, but two children are trafficked. And every 30 seconds, one is forced into exploitation for the purpose of heinous acts. Human trafficking is happening in your own backyard. It is happening to your neighbors. Many whom we see every day in our own communities hidden in plain sight. You know, there's kids out there that are being bought and sold 20 times a day. We must bring the child back to the center of our care and concern. Today, we launch Goya Cares. Goya Cares is committed to supporting victims and overcomers of trafficking and abuse to recover, restore, reconnect, and to shine the light that will block traffic. This is where we become the light. God saved me. I believe that I was called to this. Perhaps he's calling you to block traffic. Join Goya Cares and visit blocktraffic.org. I, I, I want to try to help you have that TV, that uh, digital show. I, I like that idea. <laughs> that's the kind of thing I cre- I like doing. Which because I, I think that I mean that's what celebrity rehab was the same damn thing. It just was across a month as opposed to a session. Mm-hmm. A- and you could, I, I would think somebody would fund that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wouldn't cost very much either. You'd, yeah. just, you'd have you'd have to get two really good therapists in there who really know what they're doing to. To bring out what needs to come out on on camera, yeah, 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 and then then you got to deal with the aftermath of whatever comes out and give the kids some more follow up. Yeah, it's like, and that was just an idea, you know. But I, I was always thinking about ways to how can I give therapy out. Yeah, when I got my first marriage counseling, you know, traditional therapy is one hundred fifty an hour yeah. or whatever back then, eighty five maybe. When I did a marriage counseling like session with a speci- with a specialist, yeah, it was eighty five grand for the year Oof. for the year. That's crazy. You know, That's New York to, City too. New York City. Well, no, I was tra- I was I was I was playing in seasons. So it was one person I wanted to work with, so I was flying them out. Oh, you know, because I had one somebody I vibed with. Oh boy. So, and but I was able to you know make it. It was easy for me. Yeah. It's a plane ticket. Right. I got a game. I come home. Thank you. Right. Right. And then I was doing parenting class. I was twenty four when I started my parent. No, I was twenty seven when I started doing parenting, which I really appreciated. I'm like, oh wow, this is really cool. You know, because um, I was just moving at 15, 16. I got a baby. I, and I, my focus is NBA. NBA and survival. And survival, you're, you're survival yeah. NBA and survival. Yeah. I wasn't focused on, like, Doing dinner, this right. Breakfast yeah. in the yeah. morning. Healthy, <laughs> healthy families. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. It's it's really – it sort of takes my breath away talking to you because it's it's a lot. It's a lot what you've been through. It's a lot what you're doing. It's great, uh, though. I really appreciate it. I really like – Talking about this stuff, I, as you know, I, I'm still open. But you don't know, you don't every day talk to people who has an interest. Yeah, I, which which I, it, to me is sort of confusing, frankly, because <laughs> it's like saying you don't want to talk about things that are important. But why, why don't you want to talk about things that are important? I understand they're personal, but they're important, and people are yeah. most people are willing. Particularly, well, what happens to people that are really getting well and growing is they want to share it with other people, and they want to see them benefit, and they want to be of service to other people. And so, part of it is telling your story and putting it out there, and just exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So your day in day out is spent doing business now. Your business practices. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's fun actually. So yeah, I'm sure. Um, when I retired, I went back to UCLA for digital analytics. I was um, on Mondays. Then I went on Wednesdays. I was doing social media with some really good professors. And then on Saturdays, I would go to Irvine a couple times to do business analytics because I was more focused on the game versus business. Mm. And I was trying to see what I wanted to do with my life. When I retired, I was going to do. Four things. I was going to coach full-time because I'm like an all-in guy. I was going to rap, work on, my, work on music full-time. I was going to do uh, – I, I was actually going for my Series 7. So I was going to do you – know, I was going to go get my Series 7 and be able to uh, legally to invest. Um, and I studied for it. And then I was going to either do digital marketing. <laughs> okay. And I, I was like, what are we, what are we doing? Four <laughs> careers. What are you doing? So then I picked um, – I actually started a little music. I, I studied for the Series 7, and I was going to school, and I said, what do I have the endurance for mentally? I didn't want to do the music because I'd be out in clubs. I didn't feel like doing that, so I said, cool, okay, scratch that. The Series 7, um, I didn't feel like studying no more. <laughs> it was a I lot. So I said, Plus somebody else could do that for you. That. You can even hire somebody to do that. Yeah. Even though I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it's, well, good. you probably learn some stuff. You'll apply. Yeah, you know? yeah. You'll learn that you'll apply. Yeah. Um, 
and then uh, and then actually and then the digital marketing is what kept me what I had the endurance for. So I just continued with that and I wanted to, you know, just sell merchandise and sell products for athletes, help athletes like learn digital marketing because even this show, you know, athletes they dunk on somebody. They, a lot of people, oh, this athlete is great. They become attached to you. How do you, you know, sell merchandise or something else, you know, to that fan, right? And it's, it's technical. That's why people do it, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so I was always interested in that. Um, and also because when, when Do you have was, a company right now? Do you, yeah, yeah, called? we got a company, Xverse Exports. It's a basketball platform. But it almost acts as a digital marketing company. Do you, is it a gaming platform too? No, it's a physical. So you, you sign up. You think about getting into gaming stuff? Well, my son is into gaming. I I, that's the other thing. My son is um, just he was working at Intuit it's, oof, as a developer. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. He also had a basketball scholarship, the UCI, ah. on a computer science computer oh, science major. My goodness. So he's like really good. Yeah. And then he left basketball, left UCI, and just got accepted to U- USC for uh, the, at the Cinematic Art School. Oh, good for him. So now he's doing uh, you know gaming and you know animation and stuff. Twenty Crazy. years old. Crazy. So you know we we have that side of us that loves like. It's like that little nerd side. What's well, the art? To it's the artistic. Family. It's nerd, but yeah. it's, it's it's smarts and it's arts. It's mm-hmm. both. It's like it's like that's uh, I, we got we got to bottle what you got. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we got, we got to spread that around. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like you're um, you're interested in the world, not just this country. I I can't get past like Los Angeles <laughs> myself because <laughs> there's so much to solve here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you're wanting to. You're just interested in people writ large, right? Just- I think I think so. You know, I think so. Um, you know, uh, it goes back and forth from the world to your family. You know, because sometimes you be so much so focused on everything else, you you like, oh, I got to worry about my 100%, family. Hundred percent. Do you, do you get true. overwhelmed by what's going on in the world? Do you feel like because you you have such I think a holistic I have solutions. view of it, <laughs> such as? I mean, you know, um, open the borders every now and then. Um, responsibly because it's dangerous to just open borders but like how can like if you're if you had a record here you can't go to Canada mm. Canada's beautiful mm. there's some people that's never gonna see Vancouver or Ottawa there's some people that think that Ottawa is just grass <laughs> right so it's like things like that nature nature how can you get people exposed to nature you know um, and even North America there's people that's in Northeast that never saw Montana Right. Or the top of Wyoming. Right. Right. So it's like that type of stuff. Like how can you expose yourself to nature? I think that that, that really interests me a lot because I think that can help people look at you know things differently. Kind of almost feel like you set up some sort of like camp for kids from Queens. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you set up in, in Tetons and you're yeah, yeah. of therapy and have them back as in the neighborhood as ambassadors of yeah. good things. You know, really yeah. seed seed the seed the community with good 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 stuff i mean it's very true because like a lot of people in our communities i mean when you look at peter right uh, peter's a you know a, a well-run organization yeah right so when you look at and they they want to protect animals right they really you know 100 percent animals so we love animals too right but if but it almost feels like we don't love animals as much as like an animal activist mm-hmm. right how do you connect that mm-hmm. how do you get somebody from my neighborhood that want to do that good work no matter what they're going through. I know a lot of people that's, you know, want to, uh, that, that loves dogs and loves cats and, and want to be a part of the community. Well, you're saying something huge, which is, right? which is, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, is how do you get people that have passions and interests to have opportunities to be of service? Yeah. And create meaning in that. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even in LA, you look at, it's an opportunity here in LA, you look at all the trash that we see every now and then. Yeah. I mean, we can literally pay people to pick up that trash yeah. people that need the money that will gladly pick up the trash mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. they gladly pick up the trash and take it to wherever we gotta take it to you know it's like different things I be thinking about that I think could be you know kind of kind of cool well please if there's anything I can do to support your stuff I, I, I am all in and I'm, I'm betting other people <laughs> listening to you feel the same way as I do just listening to you because you're, you're an inspiring guy and uh, I, do you want people to Follow you somewhere because <laughs> they can see these projects and get involved if they show up. Or? Well, I, I didn't. I didn't come in here with 
I know you didn't go. Down my mind. I, know, I know, but I'm, I'm doing that too. <laughs> well, here, allow me. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you go ahead and go find Dr. Drew's episode of Metaphorically Speaking. That's Meta World Peace's new podcast, available yeah. from Podcast yeah. One and anywhere you get podcasts. And there is an episode that exists right now, if you're listening to this, of Dr. Drew as Meta's guest. And then follow Meta on Instagram at Meta with two Ts, World Peace 37, Instagram, Twitter. And I, I feel like. If you had some something going on, you'd put it out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, follow me on Instagram yeah. and um, and Twitter and yeah, you know. Uh, well, absolutely. this has been a, nothing but a joy, my friend. It's great to meet you. Great, great to know you. Great to talk to you. Please keep it up. Congratulations on the kids and all they're doing. And you know, it's just uh, I, I I'm humbled talking to you. Frankly. Now, same here. It's been a, it's been great. I really appreciate it. So he's one of the first people that me and Heidi, my partner of 17 years. We said we wanted to talk to you. He's like, we want to talk to Dr. Drew. Oh, okay. For years. Actually, for years, we wanted to kind of just like chat with you. Oh, here we are. Yeah, for sure. And where's Heidi? Sure. I got to talk to her, too. I know. <laughs> she's like... she's um, probably sleeping. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. So Absolutely. do what we tell you and uh, be like Meta, and I'll see you next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com.